Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Yeah, we've been off a little bit, but, you know, we wanted to make sure that when we do come back, that we have some meaty stuff to talk about. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion, Carl Banks. Banks, how you been, my man? I am good, man. Just busy, busy, busy. Um, you know, you got product to put in the market. I uh, got to deal with the supply chain issues and all kinds yeah. of other good stuff. But uh, um, gas prices, everything. It's yeah, affecting and me. I got I got my Vespa. Personally, I can get around on my Vespa. Yeah, so good for you. As soon as the weather breaks, I had one day of it. Uh, what was that? Monday. It was sixty degrees, seventy degrees, and then it was nice. Night. Yeah, Super Bowl was a success for your uh, venture. Oh my God, it was incredible. Yeah, we did. Um, we did Super Bowl product. We did several activations in LA, but it was the product was the hottest product in the market. Um, we hired a uh, young designer from New Jersey, Brian Betchley, and he created this, this incredible uh, mosaic of, of uh, LA on our jackets. And in this, so I say our, because this is a partnership with uh, Michael Strahan and his MSX brand. And so we collaborated on that and we had the hottest, the hottest jacket at Super Bowl, not only is jacket t-shirts and track jackets. And um, it's funny thing is it was the jacket sold out first and, you know, it was like 85, 90 degrees in LA, but that jacket hit the first day sold out. Um, the people who supply SoFi stadium was afraid that their sales at the NFL experience they wouldn't have enough product to sell at the stadium on game day. So it was a, it was a great, great, great uh, week for us in LA. All right. Uh, so like, let's start this thing off from a giant's perspective. Yeah. Because believe. This is believe in giants. Um, look, they got these draft picks. They're doing mm -hmm. their due diligence. There's a zillion mock drafts out there. They are mock drafts because they are mock drafts. The evaluation process is in its, I would say it's just started the second quarter as far as what they're doing deep dive. Uh, and they're going to have to make some hard roster decisions here. They already have with uh, some players and going to be making some more. And, um, you know, that's probably a, a, a story for a podcast you know, next week or a week after when they make these moves. But they've been rumored that they want to bring in some competition for Daniel Jones at quarterback. And I know one of the things that you want to kick off here is the Mitchell Trubisky love affair that seems to be going on. Yeah, the hype train of Mitchell Trubisky. So first, let me just say this. If you don't have a backup quarterback, a good one, you don't have a backup quarterback. We learned that last year with Glennon uh, that you can be worse than uh, having a bad uh, backup quarterback because this guy wasn't even bad. He was awful. So uh, I'll say that. Now, this Mitch Trubisky thing, 
I, I give his agent or whoever's working with him a hell of a lot of credit because they have created the Trojan horse in the Giants. He is now projected. Now, I'm not saying this is where the Giants have him or what they expect, but if you look at any conversation on any of the major sports channels or sports publications, he is projected as a top flight free agent. And I'm saying, are they, they're saying, well, the Giants are going to bring him in, Giants are going to bring him in, but he could be, he could get more somewhere else. I'm saying that's great work by the agent because I've never seen a guy go from being run out of town. Now, whatever you think about Mitchell Trubisky, you know what you said about him when he was in Chicago. And if it was bad things, and most of these people on TV that are now hyping him, they talked about him like he was a dog. Now they are projecting him to be like a top flight free agent quarterback, but they keep throwing the Giants in there because, you know, he, he played, you no, know, he was on the roster with Brian Dable, right? In familiarity with the system, but they always say, the Giants might not be able to afford him because he's going to get top top dollar. So I'm going to say, if you didn't like him in Chicago, what changed? Because he didn't play in Buffalo. He threw eight passes in Buffalo. One was an interception. Because he sat in Brian Dable's system, that makes him a top-flight quarterback. It, do, it does make him a viable backup quarterback because he has familiar with the system. But this whole hype train of, well, the Giants may not be able to afford him, and this is his agent, and God bless him for doing this. But for all those people that are hyping this guy, he was a free agent two years ago. His phone didn't ring, especially to be a starter. And there was some movement with quarterbacks. And so I'm like, okay, so now all of a sudden he got better from where he walked out the door just by sitting in a classroom with Josh Allen and Brian Dable and that crew. Um, I don't see it like they see it. Now, whatever, whatever your opinion of is him of him is good, but let's not overinflate this guy, because I think they're using the Giants as a Trojan horse. If he can get $25 million, I am happy for him. But you know, the Giants can't pay him $25 million to be a backup. So they're using the Giants as a Trojan horse. Look, it's interesting because it's funny that you, you bring this up because, you know, doing my show on Sirius all these years, I've always been a bit of a Trubisky supporter. Um, you know, he kind of would get slammed all the time. And I'm like, hey, you know, there's he has games in there in which he has performed at a high level. And then there's the inconsistency. And then, of course, everyone wants to blame the fact that he played under Nagy and that whole thing was screwed up. But if you do a deep dive, his best season and he made the Pro Bowl by default in 2018 because everybody dropped out. So, you know, Mm -hmm. they just go down the list of all the guys that said uh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not going to go play in the Pro Bowl. So, you know, every year they get down to like quarterback number seven. Right. 
But his best year, 2018, in two more games, his numbers match Daniel Jones' rookie season numbers. Mm -hmm. They're the same numbers, except Jones did it in 12 games and he did it in 14, 24 and 12. Um, You know, the completion percentage is a little bit higher. The yardage was about the same. And that was year two for him. Look, I have no I have no qualms in bringing a guy in. You want to bring in a veteran backup? You want to say to yourself, you want to say, hey, look, this guy's going to have a better understanding of the system. He can help our QB one along. And based on our quarterback's track record, since he's been in the league, he has been susceptible to injury. And if he gets hurt, we want to be able to put in a guy that we believe can win some games. You're going to sell me that? I'm all for it. But I'm for all for lot, that too. But for for fans that I'm talking, I'm seeing and everything else, it's like got Trubisky's an upgrade. You know, remember remember what he was dealing with in Chicago. And blah, blah. hey, what has Daniel Jones dealt with since he's been here? I don't mm-hmm. know. Let's see. Uh, one, two, three head coaches in yeah. four years. How many offensive coordinators? Five. How many offensive and then line? by committee? Yeah. How many offensive line coaches? Uh, so. You can't say you can't poo poo Trubisky's track record and blame it all on Nagy and the dysfunction in Chicago and say he's an upgrade over the guy that you have, considering the guy that you've had has dealt with more adversity from a organizational standpoint than Trubisky has. Now, again, I've been a Trubisky fan, but please let's pump the brakes, Giants fans, on the fact that well, he's already an upgrade over Daniel Jones. No, he's not. He's yeah. not. For the reasons that I stated, I would wholeheartedly endorse bring them in. The problem that the Giants have is there are teams looking for starting quarterbacks. And you got the Wentz trade, you got the Russell Wilson trade, uh, the Rogers staying. Supposedly, this Deshaun Watson deal is going to get cleared up a little bit. There's still Garoppolo, there's still teams that need quarterbacks. What's the status of Jameis Winston? who's going to be hitting the market coming off his injury. So there's still a big game of musical chairs and Trubisky could find himself in a position where he's going to go to a place where there's a, they're going to be viewing him as the potential starter. Sure. And he's going to, again, I give his agents a great deal of credit because the guy has improved in market value. Oh my God. You would have thought he had a, a great you would have thought that he had a 30 and 10 year last year or he, on the he was nick Foles. you would think he was nick Foles. come in hold the rope don't lose the game become reliable i look he was a free agent two years ago there was a lot of quarterback movement there was a lot of need for quarterback phone didn't ring right so he goes to rehab in buffalo and comes out a new man by never taking a snap, a meaningful snap. Now, I could see the rehabilitation as Brian Dable will see it, right? Because they they work with him every day. But for the rest of the NFL public, you saw what you saw. Either you liked him when he was a free agent two years ago and his phone didn't ring, especially at a high-ticket um quarterback free agent come come save us now because his agents are doing such a great job 
He's just kept his head down, sat in the meetings. Now he walks out of Buffalo with, you know, the, the projection of being a starter and making that, that type of salary. So Giants are a Trojan horse because people keep saying, yep, he works for the Giants because of the familiarity with the system, but the Giants may not be able to afford him. So they've taken him out of the backup role and they've elevated him into a projected starter. And God bless him. I hope he gets that kind of money. But Giants fans, if you think he's going to come here for a little bit to compete for a starting job and the Giants don't even know whether or not they're going to pick up a 50-year option on the current quarterback, you've kind of you've kind of misread the situation. I just think the Giants are the Trojan horse here. I want to provide a public service announcement for our audience because they're they're coming off the combine. Um, you're 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 good fans. You're consuming everything. You're hearing about guys forty times and verticals and cone things and all this <laughs> other stuff. No, but here's what. I, I'm going I'm going in a, a, a roundabout direction for this mm -hmm. is my public service announcement. What you need to do as a fan and, and you don't have to just be a Giants fan. This is more of a fan. If you're a fan of the NFL and you want to be astute about things. Pay attention to what happens in free agency. And I, I think the hand has already been tipped. Uh, the hand has already been tipped about a certain position in the draft, and that's quarterback. Because we've seen this in the past. Denver needs a quarterback. Denver had some currency. Denver goes and makes a, a mega deal for Russell Wilson. Trubisky's name is being bandied about. The Carson Wentz trade blows my mind away. It, to me, it feels like Washington just gave up a lot, a lot, a lot of currency. And I don't even know if they've cured their quarterback situation. Because I have no faith in Carson Wentz as a as a long term solution to win a championship for you. Um, there's Garoppolo out there. I mentioned Jameis Winston out there. The fact that there's all this jockeying going on is Matt Ryan going to wind up being on the block as Atlanta mm. continues their rebuild and they try to stack currency and so on and so forth. And when free agency begins, see which players get huge deals overpaid at certain positions. And that will tell you what the league is thinking of those positions in the draft. Because a couple of years ago, if you remember, there were a lot of offensive linemen that were good players, but not great players mm -hmm. that got paid like superstars because we started to hear that mm, the offensive line, this is a weak offensive line draft. Mm -hmm. And something tells me that despite the hype that's been tried, been built around some of these quarterbacks coming out, based on what I'm seeing and the rumors that you're hearing about this quarterback movement tells me that the teams don't really believe any of these guys are bona fide franchise quarterbacks. That's great advice because to your point, the, the quarterbacks coming off of injury, the quarterbacks that have been starters in this league that will probably be backups in a year of, Let's just take last season, right? Most of the guys that we're talking about, now Garoppolo's a starter in the league. Jameis Winston's a starter in the league. But some of these names, um, Carson Wentz, um, Mitch Trubisky, they're backups. 
in a year like last year or the year before. But now they position themselves to be top flight guys because like you said, the projection in the quarterback field is not great. And when you talk about, you talk about the offensive linemen um, a few years back when you saw a lot of veteran offense and teams don't let offensive linemen go if they're any good. And you saw some big salaries paid to some guys. Some worked out, a lot didn't. Like Nate Soda got a lot of money um, because they just didn't seem to think that there was enough um, capital out there in the draft to do it. There was a lot of, lot of offensive linemen got paid that year. All right, so you have a notebook. I do. And you have some topics that you want to hit here on yeah. Believe in Giants, as we're talking about kind of like the whole league, too. So I, I got to hit on this because I, I've, I've heard fans and I've heard former players that have they haven't excused Calvin Ridley in his suspension for gambling, but somehow they think that the punishment is too severe. Now, let me tell you what I'm thinking and what I know to be true. That punishment was a show of force. Mm -hmm. Why was it a show of force? Because they have to send a message Correct. that uh, they can control a lot of things in this league, but gambling is one they do not want to uh, enter through the cracks and start to corrupt this league. Um, the former commissioner, Paul Tagliabue, I would never forget it, is two, two situations that I can reflect on and tell you how serious this gambling thing is, whether or not they're taking the money or not, and I'll get into that. But Paul Tagliabue told me this was probably in the a couple of years before he retired. He's in the Giants locker room and we're just chatting it up. And I asked him about the state of the league and the health of the league. And he said, you know, we can control just about everything. We like to protect the shield. He said, the one thing, my biggest fear, Carl, is that if we let gambling into our game, it can destroy it. And he made it seems like made it seem like gambling is the armor piercing bullet to that shield. And I'll tell you how serious they took it even then. Um, and I'm not, look, the, the NFL operates in a gray area and they will always operate in a gray area because there, there are certain factors that will always influence their decision-making. But I, I'm like, so I had that conversation with Paul Tagliabue, he said, we can, we can control, you know, how we discipline players with drugs. We can control the violence. We can get rid of guys when we want to, but once gambling gets in, it can be a tough thing. It could take us down. I'm laying in my apartment in Secaucus, New Jersey. And I think I just sprained my MCL. So I was going to miss a game or two. I get a call from the FBI. Is this Carl Banks? Yes, this is Carl Banks. Uh, this is agent so-and-so from the FBI. We have a couple questions to ask you. So I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know you. 
So I hang up the phone and I call NFL security. And I said, I just got a call from the FBI. The NFL security said, take it. He said, we're sorry we didn't call you faster, but something came up and they need to talk to you. So FBI guy calls me right back. Uh, have you verified that we are the FBI? I said, yes, sir. He said, um, we just got to ask you a few questions. I uh, want to let you know that we need to ask these questions. We're not saying anything that you've done anything wrong, but we just need to have a few questions. So he says, can I talk to your friend? He said, yes. He said, um, your name has come up, recently come up on a tape recording of organized crime members. And now I'm freaking out. I am absolutely freaking out. He said, I said, well, I don't know anybody in organized crime. At least I don't know I know anybody in organized crime. He said, well, your name came up uh, because they were talking about the Giants and their injuries and it had something to do with betting. And I just want to find out from you if you've talked to anybody about a recent injury. Have you talked to anybody about injuries on the team? And I was like, nope. Nope, I just found out about my own injury today, you know, that I'm going to miss miss a game. And so he went through a few more questions. He says, we have anything else? We'll follow up with you. Um, I said, am I in any trouble? I, like, I don't know anybody. He said, nope, but your name came up and we monitor these things. Um, and it came up in relationship to gambling and bookmaking. And I was like, whoa. So now we we fast forward that that was my phone call and I'm innocently I know nothing somebody brought my name up on a wiretap right so now we fast forward and you got Calvin Ridley who was out for mental health issues right but decided he wanted to gamble on NFL judging from his parlays this wasn't his first time doing it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't. Lack, he, he 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 didn't make that play being his first ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make this play on my first right. ever try at this. <laughs> so he gets suspended. Now I suspect that whatever we heard uh, from the NFL, there was more to it that they don't want to come out. Sure. I'm sure they sanitized what they were going to release to the public. Yes. Um, and Ridley's lack of self-awareness goes on and says, well, I only bet 1500 bucks. Well, you lost 11 million, right? But there's former players, there's fans, there are people in the media who says, oh, so you can fully embrace gambling NFL and yet you want to suspend a guy for a whole year and they're not wrong and far be it for me to be the morality police of, of, of what rises to the level of a four year suspension, but please understand why they did it because there's a shared interest and the players know it. Former players know it. Current players know it that in order to protect the shield, you got to operate in the gray. And the gray means we're going to minimize 
as much of the damage as possible, uh, but we're going to send a message because we all agreed to this. The NFL Players Association and the NFL, you know why Aaron Rodgers can get $50 million this year? Because they had record revenue. Correct. Record I mean, revenue. You know who shares in the revenue? The players. The players. You know who got the gambling uh, after David at, in training camp? The players. Because when they embrace this gambling, and I'm telling you, um, I'm on the same level as, as uh, former commissioner Paul Tagliabue. I said it's going to F this game up if they're not careful, right? Um, Calvin Ridley ain't the only guy that's betting on NFL games. I can tell you, in, in, in the NFL, I can tell you that now. Um, but the suspension was one of those deals where you get zero chances. And they knew that walking through the door. Every player, there's an affidavit because all of us who work for NFL teams had to sign something similar, right? Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just a fact. Like, there, there's a sign in the locker room. It's been in the locker room forever. And, and as well as having to sign a piece of paper, we're not even players. Right. Uh, we're not even full-time employees of the organization. But we all had to sign off on that. And, and I got to be honest with you, when I'm, you know, like with my golf channel guys and all that other stuff in there talking about games and playoffs or whatever, you know, I kind of walk away. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of any of that stuff because I know what the rule is. Yeah. This, it's a very, it's very clear cut. Everyone else on the outside can have their app. Yep. They can go to their local racetrack where there's a, a book. They can go wherever they want to go, where there's a book and they can go do it. I'm not allowed to do it. Guess what I'm allowed to do. I'm allowed to be on the sideline to pregame. We're allowed to travel with the team being there's a yin and a yang. And I'd yeah. rather have the yin than deal with the yang. Right. So the suspension, <laughs> right? Everybody's upset. Now, I don't want to hear from any former player that says, oh, well, you know, uh, that's just too severe because now the, the, the league has embraced gambling. No, they've embraced the revenue. Right. The league and the and players have embraced it. Yeah. The leagues and the players have embraced the revenue. Now, there is, however well-intentioned the league is, there is an unhealthy alliance between morality and revenue with the NFL and by extension, it's players. And when I say the unhealthy alliance is that they're willing, if they feel that they could put the right firewalls up and the fail safes, that they will take on some things. Now they've, they've looked at this gambling thing for a while because fantasy football was getting it. Um, but the gambling outside of legalized uh, betting and sports books that the league never wanted a part of they they see this as wow we could really make a lot of money, like put a team in Vegas. Sit, yeah, they put a team in Vegas. You got apps. Fans can sit in the stands and make prop bets quarter by quarter. They could do whatever they want, right? That's revenue. Um, so that unhealthy alliance with cash and morality has always 
operated in the gray area. And when I say the gray area, the well intentions of the NFL uh, in protecting the shield, I think they are. But here's where the gray areas come in. Things like Calvin Ridley, you give, you show force when you suspend him for a whole year because everybody knew what was going on. They, 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 everybody knew what the expectation was of the players, what the third rail was. So we're going to hit you because we got to show everybody else and we want to make everybody else afraid. Gray area. Because <clears throat> it was for the good of all of us. The salary cap's going up. You guys about to make a lot of money next year because we had record revenues, all thanks to sports betting, right? So the gray area. Um, do you think if the video of Ray Rice would have seen the light of day if that anonymous person hadn't put it out there they had already settled it they had already said ray's going to go away for a couple you know games or six games or whatever it was until the public outrage and then the gray area became okay we got to react right the league will always do what's in the best interest of the nfl and what's in the best interest of football. So the alliance of morality and revenue is unhealthy. In the Players Association, they're like in, in when you have the, uh, the uh, there's a criminal code and it's, I, I, I read about it in antitrust laws. It's called hub and spoke, right? It's the hub and spoke conspiracy in a legal way. <clears throat> Meaning the hub is the NFL, the spokes are the players' association, uh, the gambling, all of the all of the, the hub, and then the spokes. All of these guys are operating, uh, and they're not unwilling conspirators. They know what it is, and they're all benefiting from it. Um, and I, I think I might have butchered the hub and spoke conspiracy, but the lawyers that listen to this will tell us how this relates. But it, it's totally related. But the gray area that the league will continue to to operate in. They will try to minimize for the public because the public buys it. They're one of the folks that buys into the gambling and everything else. They don't want to hurt the integrity of the game. Uh, they want to present a great product. They're willing to go into some areas that they've been warned about. And this Ridley thing, I hope it's not, but it may be the tip of an iceberg. And if they don't get it, and like I said, we only know what they told us because it's more to it. Well, they're going you after hear, it. Yeah, and you hear people say, well, you know, all you got to do is use somebody else's phone. That's true. Guess what's going to happen? Some disgruntled ex-girlfriend or former assistant uh, homeboy is going to say, you know what? So-and-so been betting on football forever. He was using my phone and I got the receipts. And then what will the league do? That's why the Calvin Ridley one-year suspension minimum came down so hard. It's a sure force. They want to discourage all of that behavior. And then they're going to come in behind the scenes and they're going to tell guys, if you got any of these apps on your phone, it's going to be conduct detrimental. The dumb part about this, though, Bob, any football player that would bet on football, 
I think they're just idiots. They're not very smart because they don't prohibit you from betting any other sport. You can bet baseball. You can bet when, when Tom Brady shows up at the Kentucky Derby, it's not just to wear fancy hats and drink mint juleps. They put tickets in, right? You can bet boxing. You can bet whatever you want. If gambling is your thing, <clears throat> not too much to ask a player or an employee to protect your stream of revenue. Protect the hub. And it's just, it's just the dumbest thing, but I don't want to hear from any former player saying, well, the suspension was, was too much because the league has embraced it. So has the players, the players association, they're, they're going to receive record, a record revenue as a result of these partnerships. No doubt about it. Um, and you know, before, and which is why the league is going to have to, they haven't been very transparent. I don't want to get into an investigation, a further investigation thing, but the league better be really transparent as far as this Miami investigation is concerned with regards to, you know, were there payments or offers of payment to not win games? Cause that's the same. You're, you're exactly. swimming up the same stream. Oh, I, yeah, I think, that's, that's the thing. I know you, I know you got a, a legal pad of other, a couple other things that you want to tap into. So l- let's get into it. Let's hit Carson Wentz, Oof. right? <clears throat> you talked about it a little bit where uh, you don't know if Washington solved their problem, uh, their oh. quarterback issue, right? And they, it, okay, go ahead. No, ahead, go ahead. And they're taking on all the money. They just got the Colts made one of the bad trades of all time and they salvaged it by getting back a couple third round picks. One's contingent based on how, how much the guy winds up playing. It could even be a second. And the Washington took all the, all the salary cap hit off their books. Now they still need a quarterback in Indy and it was a horrible trade last year. And he went to a team where the coach knew him, loved him, worked with him, wanted him there. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I, I know Washington failed in trying to get Russell Wilson. He did not agree to be traded there, uh, would not waive his no trade option to go there, his no trade clause. But my goodness gracious, I I mean, I think the other teams in the NFC East are pumped that Carson Wentz is back. Yeah. In the so this Carson Wentz situation should serve as a cautionary tale to both Kyla Murray and to the Cardinals, right? Carson Wentz got a lot of money early. They invested in him, right? Their and him, and Go- him, and, him and Goff got those ridiculous deals, yeah. and they were bad deals. And the return on investment was not there. Right. right? Dak, Dak, of those three quarterbacks in that draft, Dak Prescott has been and always will be the best of those quarterbacks, which is yeah, why. And think about that. He had to grind it out to prove, to give a level of comfort to ownership before they made that investment. Now, Jerry's pretty smart. Um, he held off as long as he could because he was making money off of Dak. And that contract probably paid for itself. As long They kept franchising him, and he kept selling Dak jerseys. And he probably it paid for itself, but that's a whole nother conversation. But... 
The cautionary tale is this, Bob. Carson Wentz went to a place where the coach says, I want him. I'm signing off on this. I can fix him. I worked with him before, right? Mm-hmm. Now, his on-the-field play, I don't think it was worthy of being booted out the door. Like, the owner didn't even want to talk to him. He tried to meet with the owner, and the owner says, nope, don't want to talk to you. The cautionary tale is this. You can be a lot of things on the field, but if your relationships and your leadership skills are not there and they're not improving, then you're not good for your team. And when these teams invest big money at the quarterback position, you've got to have relationships. And for whatever reason, like, Again, they won a lot of games in Indy. He stunk it up one game. So did Kyler Murray in in, uh, their playoff game against the Rams. But for Carson Wentz, he is a cautionary tale for any any coach, quarterback, and ownership. You better know you got more than just a football player at that position. The quarterback position has to have relationships. They've got to be able to relate to their teammates. You can't have funky body language. You know, and coming out of Philly, they said it was an issue with Wentz in the locker room, right? Um, Coming out of Indy, same thing, relationships, right? Now, we fast forward, Kyler Murray wants money. The Cardinals are kind of, I don't know. But the one thing we do see they have in common, and Murray is a really good quarterback, but his relationships his body language, his leadership, his laissez-faire attitude. When teammates look at you, they ain't freaking rallying around that. Right. Right? If you want to be off on your own on the bench and your teammates got to come to you if they want to talk to you and you sit there and you look indifferent about every play, cautionary tale, right? Because if you invest in that, here's one thing I know about Kyler Murray. Well, two things. He ain't going to get better at two things. He ain't going to grow another four inches, and his ability to pass from the pocket is not going to improve because he can't. he's not tall enough, right? So you got a coach who says, you're my guy because I got your offense, and I know exactly what type of player you are. And you got Kyler Murray said, yep, it's all good. Wait a minute. I'm getting hurt every year. I'm coming back, and I'm playing like shit. I better get paid. My, I'm calling my agent. I need to get paid because I don't know how much more of this I can do. So if you're the Cardinals and you're saying, yep, we like you, we love you, actually, because you've been exciting and your numbers are great. But then the sober thought, somebody in the building sober enough to say, well, listen, he ain't getting no taller and he can't pass from the pocket. And he got no relationships and our players don't rally around him. Like he's got funky body language. Um, Is this really where we want to put our money? And I'm sure Murray's saying, I want 40 million. I want to be like Patrick Mahomes. Well, you haven't done Patrick Mahomes things, but I get where he's coming from. Like I never begrudge a player of making as much money as he can. And I get the mentality because he's getting his ass beat now and he's coming back and he's not playing well off of injury every year. He's had something. 
And he's saying, look, I can't keep running around like this, but they can't, they can't make him a pocket quarterback unless they line him up 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he's not getting taller. So he's not getting any bigger. If he gets bigger, he's probably going to get slower. So they're starting to catch up with him. And there are certain things he's just not going to improve. He ain't going to improve his height. He ain't going to improve his pocket pass. Simple as that. So uh, cautionary tale, when you invest in these young players, you're not only investing in their ability, but their ability to lead your team. That is the most important position in all of football. That is your CEO on the field. And if he has funky relationships and say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, right? And he's got a quirky personality and some team, some people on the team don't like him. Some people do. He comes in, he wins. He's got relationships amongst his players because he just officiated his offensive lineman's wedding. Right. So there's something there, right? There, there, your leadership is as important as the $50 million. And why we got, uh, I know we, we got to run soon, but while we're on Aaron Rodgers, that $50 million was well reserved, uh, deserved, but it doesn't come with a Super Bowl attached. Nope. So people manage expectations. If he gets knocked out in the playoffs in the first round again, just know it has nothing to do. He earned that money. He's best quarterback in football, right? But he don't win playoff games. And you're not paying him to bring you a Super Bowl. You're paying him because he's a two-time MVP and the best quarterback in football. It doesn't come with strings attached, folks. He earned that money. He deserved it. If you love him or hate him and his personality is weird as F, it's real, <laughs> weird as you know what, but he deserved the money. That does not come with a guarantee of a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl should not be attached to it. All right, let's finish it with a giant thought here, Carl. Because okay. one of the things I loved uh, with Joe Shane, what he was talking about was uh, at the combine, <clears throat> you know, he gave examples about, building an offensive line because we all know the giants have to fix that part of their team. And there's a bunch of other areas they have to fix, but you know, fans and some media, they become so fixated on the first, you know, the first round and you know, they got to take a tackle or whatever. And you look at the bills offensive line and you look at the giants offensive line when they won the two super bowls in this Oh seven and 11, they didn't have first rounders across the board. No, this organization has invested in a lot of high draft picks on offensive linemen in the last nine years. They've just picked the wrong ones. I think the most, <laughs> I, I think the most important You're thing right. here is they seem to have a really good plan and we have no idea which direction they're going to go. And my guess is they're going to go in a direction that people are not predicting. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm encouraged by what I'm hearing because it, there's a lot of common sense when they speak. It is. And even look, you use the right phrase plan. They have a plan. They have coaches in place. They know how they want to develop. They have a system for developing. It's not ham handed when it comes to an offensive line. It's not talking in all of these great jargons, hog mollies or whatever. It's we have a plan. Here's how we expect it to work. This is what we expect of our people. Um, and then the other part of this evaluation process for Joe Shane and Brian Dable is that they don't know 
a lot of these players. So they're not so quick to just jettison guys that could help them. You know, um, I spoke to one of the coaches and said, Carl, look, some of the things they were asking these guys to do, I could see why they didn't look very good at. Uh, but we don't know a lot of these guys because we're going to take we're going to take our time to get to know them. Um, now, we know there are some salary cap situations and, you know, we heard or we got a piece of the clip where uh, Joe Shane said that he doesn't believe in kicking the can down the road. And my thing is you don't until you have to. Sure. Right. There are a few players. He, ne- he didn't say he will never do it. He doesn't do it until he does, because there are certain players that if they feel they could help uh, in their system could be worth what they're paying if they can restructure. There are others they might say, it's not gonna work for us. He doesn't even fit what we wanna do, right? But there are certain players on this roster that people are projecting are you know, gonna be cap casualties or trade bait or whatever. There's something there. If, they, if we haven't heard that they plan to release X, Y, and Z, it's probably because they're trying to re- rework a contract. Right, because they're believing that two years from now and even three years from now, that player is going to be part of the solution to the team mm-hmm. being successful. Right. But for those players that they may have to rework a contract, then like, ah, not really sure if he's a great fit for what we're doing and his life expectancy as a highly productive player we don't see past a year or two well then you don't want to be dealing with that dead money down the road so and one more thing when you talked about uh joe shane and one other one other point i wanted to bring up he talked about analytics right and he talked about it as a tool as a useful tool they use a lot of it right but they use it in the right context and, you know, we have this love-hate relationship with some fans that think we're anti-analytics because we don't subscribe to what they think analytics and football is. I pinned a tweet, and you guys go look at it. Madeline Burke did an uh, interview with Cynthia Freeland, and it is the most incredible distillation of how analytics should work in sports and I'm sorry, in the NFL. And she breaks down this combine and, you know, there are going to be some fans that are going to be disappointed because she, she did not uh, overemphasize what the combine is. She actually minimized the impact that some players can do uh, to themselves and to their draft status in the combine. So, uh, go see it. It's on YouTube. Madeline Burke, I pinned it on my tweet, but the, it is Analytics 101. She really breaks it down. And when you listen to Joe Shane and his staff, you kind of see they that's how they, they view analytics as well. Yeah, and I, and I would encourage if you're a Giants fan and you're watching this, obviously, even if you're not a Giants fan, but you're interested, you know, go to Giants.com and their video archives and, and watch my interview that I did with assistant general manager Brandon Brown, yeah. um, who's a young, forward-thinking person, uh, really smart. Philadelphia didn't want to lose him. And I brought up the concept and the thought process of analytics. And he kind of gave some great 
answers as to the common sense way to use analytics. Mm -hmm. And it's not all or nothing. And it's not a brand new thing. It's been elevated and it's been refined. and It's been taken to another level. But as we've said a million times when we did the podcast with Scott Pioli, analytics have been used forever yeah. in sports. Uh, so it's just a matter of how you take that information, how you apply it. Carl, um, I want to remind our listeners that, you know, everybody wants a happier life, right? Yeah, maybe you got some troubles in your life. Well, you can get 10% off your first month if you visit our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash giants. So what is BetterHelp? Uh, BetterHelp is this. It's about your happiness, your well-being. You have access to counseling anytime you want. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can schedule weekly phone or video sessions. All you have to do is sit down um, at your comfort at your leisure, not sitting in a waiting room or anything else like that. Licensed professional counselors specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, and anything else. So I encourage you, if you're feeling a little down in the dumps with the winter, you got some problems in your life, and you want to check it out because there is a discount to being a first-time user, uh, 10% off, betterhelp.com slash giants. Check it out. All right. Uh, I think once this new league year starts, we'll, we'll be popping back on again because, as we, as we said to our audience, when there's news, when there's things to discuss with regards to the Giants and in league parameters, we want to think about it, we want to distill it, and then we want yep. to bring you the best insight possible. So what do we tell a friend? Tell a friend. That's what we tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. For Carl Banks, I'm Bob Papa. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.